I will too because I did a really good job last year. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there we go. Um, now we're good. I am planning on widening the doorway uh, just so you can get your ass in here. <laughs> Horses. <laughs> With my ego. <laughs> yeah. Before we begin sponsor mentions and an in-house plug. Um, Pack Filler Online Store is your place for some fun and ever-expanding Pack Filler Pride. Hats, caps, there is a difference. Mugs, shirts, stickers, jerseys, which are running low. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven jerseys left. And more. Take a look at packfiller.com and show off your love of bikes. Next off, untapped maple. Pure Vermont maple is the core and clean energy is the result. Did you guys see they have new grape maple aid? Mm-hmm. Mm. Grape. I bet our friend Brent... Uh Soderberg. Soderberg. Yeah. yeah I'm gonna by. I'm gonna try that. I'm gonna try the grape. I haven't I have to admit I've tried the 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 not the maple aid, just the gels. Gels, thank you. Mm-hmm. And and the uh, and stuff like that. And those waffles are brilliant. If if it's anything like their other offerings, standby taste buds. They also posted a brilliant homemade granola recipe the other day that actually looks really brilliant. Um you use some of the syrup and you oh just, anyway. It looks good. Use the simple pure stuff and works perfectly. Use the link at Pack Filler and Giro. That's right. The pioneers in modern helmet design along with brilliant offerings and footwear, accessories, and much more. I just picked up my brand new Aries spherical for 2024 and the design is nothing like i've ever seen before ventilation looks really really good and uh the sweat pads i'm I'm really hoping the sweat pads are as good as they look because they finally push my salty acid sweat where it belongs away from my (laughs) eyes Mm -hmm. i can't wait be sure to check them out at zero.com and when they ask you who sent you tell them the pack filler now let's go play bike shall we okay oh I'm going to be sighing a lot today. Yeah. A lot. Uh, well, folks, have you ever just had one of those weeks? <laughs> Let's just say I've had one of those weeks. More to come. Regardless of the chaos, we are here in the Rim Break Bar, and it's time for the longest-running cycling podcast. i got to say something other than running, because it makes it sound like running slash cycling podcast, and we are definitely not that. It is time for the Pack Filler. I'm Pat Bulger. Let's see who's here to play along. Shall we with our prologue question? Gentlemen, if you were to weigh in on the entire Taylor Swift-Travis Kelsey conflict in the sport of throwball, what would be your initial thoughts? That's our prologue question for tonight. Careful. The Swifties are listening to this podcast. (laughs) Very, very dedicated group. First off, he is planning on tonight's shows being great, but hell, there's always next year. Yeah. Mr. Paul Maine, how are you? Doing man? well, thanks. Um, talk to me about your opinions of Taylor Swift watching a football game. Who? <laughs> no. It is it is a psyop. Oh You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. She's, she's she's going this is all a hoax. <laughs> she's not gonna get married. This is so that they can influence everybody to vote for Biden. Yep. It's an election oh, interference. Yeah, yeah. That's, That's what, what it people is. Are claiming. That's what they're saying. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> is that, that's just so sad. Oh, it is. So I had sad. some conspiracy theorists today talking stories about this. And I was like, about Taylor Swift? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, he's. But this thing? Did he. Yeah. He believes yeah. it? Well, not just that, but there was another <laughs> one that, like, 
yeah, she's had like abortions, and that's why she's now with Travis. You know, to, like try to like cover it as being like they're in a relationship. And I'm like, when did you what ever did? like bring? I'm like, where these do you things get are this so. Stuff? Oh God, I was like looking, and I'm like, where are you getting any of this? Well, like, Sam Waples is here, and we'll do your introduction. So go ahead. <laughs> I think that my reaction is just who the. F- cares like uh, yeah, god it just pisses a it's game, a man. football game it's yeah. another person watching a football game yeah, who cares and you'd think you'd think that you know it's like i'm pissed off she's ruining the nfl blah, 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 blah. it's like hey i thought you left after colin kaepernick took a knee i yeah. thought you were gone yeah why are you back now yeah mm. yeah it blows my mind uh, mm. that people are, are that bothered by this but yeah yeah. It's insanity. Uh, fourth, I, David, I was going to say he's planning on tonight's show being great, but only if there's free beer. Uh, <laughs> or if he's planning on tonight's show being great uh, if the rest of us assholes give him a chance to talk. <laughs> Mr. Jackson Bolger. Uh Hello. I, my thought on it all is that it's not really as big a deal as a bunch of straight guys are making it seem. <laughs> but because uh, I was talking to my wife about it the other day we watched both the playoff games this last weekend and um she was shown 25 seconds yeah of the entire game that's like a three-hour game she's shown shown for 25 seconds of it all and people are saying like what an l for america like lamar really choked it because taylor was in the house it's like no lamar just had a really bad game and like it would just what is what it was it wasn't like taylor's ruining the nfl like so what your wife watches now oh no you got to say hi to her. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's I, not a big deal. You know, um, I will say that like the morning news show, my wife always turns on the Today Show in the morning, and they're making almost an a, a, a uncomfortable story about it. They're like going, yeah. "Well, the flights are going to be. Is she going to make it to the game? Oh. Uh, this and they they've named the flights after one after Kelsey's jersey and the uh, and the return flight is her 1989. 13, yeah, yeah, something like that. And I'm just like going, "Okay. You guys need to shut the fuck mm-hmm. up." The rest of it it's like she's, I don't know. I don't know Taylor Swift from the hole in the ground, but she seems like she's just kind of there enjoying the game. She she writes good music and mm-hmm. she, and they're there and she she likes his company and he likes her company. I mean, you don't get pissed about anybody else being yeah, there. Yeah, who about like all the other spouses that are there? Yeah, the, you know, yeah. nobody's bringing up any of that. And there's plenty of other celebrities that are married to these football players. Yeah, one thing that was kind of cool that she did was uh, she like was celebrating with him after they won the the I think it was NFC Championship. Um, and they, uh, or no, it was AFC, AFC. excuse me, AFC championship. And, uh, she was like, like, she said, Oh, like great job and everything. And then she's like, let's go find your brother. Like yeah. instantly she's like, Jason's right behind us. Yeah. She like brought Travis to that, that was super cool. She backed out of the way legend. too yeah, when they yeah. were talking. Yeah. yeah. That guy. That is guy's a legend. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I want to meet him. He's yeah. a man of the people. <laughs> <laughs> Who's right. he voting for? Yeah. yeah. I think that's the, the thing. It's just like, she, she could say, Hey. I'm going to vote for candidate A. And all of her fans are like, we're going to, that's not a bad idea. You know, or they, you know, they might take advice or, you know, I'm not saying they're all mindless robots wearing red hats or anything like that, but they're all going to vote a specific way. And so they're scared about that. Uh, I don't even know why it has to be a political thing. It's just Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey dating each other. But it's just like all of these weird, far-fetched like conspiracy theories. Like, where does this come from? Yeah, Yeah. Uh, our society idol. Yeah, Yeah. our society idolizes celebrities. 
Get yeah, on a bike new. and ride. You don't have the energy to yeah. think about right? that. You yeah. yeah. Do something other than sit in front of a computer and dream up things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So before we get to all my bullshit, how was everybody else's week in terms of cycling? We had a warm stretch. Really warm stretch. Yep. Anybody get outside? No. Not no. a single no. one of us. I thought about it. You saw my text. I mean, yeah. I had... You know the bike that I got from. from you just randomly have bikes and parts, just so you can go downstairs and take a picture of them when you don't want to ride. No, no, (laughs) it it was like crap. I could see the weather changing, and it even said like today was supposed to be a good day, and it really wasn't that good of a day. Mm -hmm. And I got bogged down with family obligations anyway. But yeah, so I was sitting here thinking Saturday, I I need to put this together, and I kind of procrastinated and thought I'll do it tomorrow. And then I stepped outside to let Flanders take a wee. And I went, oh, shit, I got to go get this bike together. Yeah. And it was a little more complicated than I thought. Or I knew it. As soon as I saw it, I thought, oh, it's in a bad situation. Oh, shit. But, you know, I got it up and running for the next good weather. Yeah. uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I wish it would have been outside. It was 55 degrees. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How how did everybody else's workout week go? Okay, I'm in the well. thick of a home reno. Oh. And so I redid all the plumbing in my house on Wednesday. Or no, that was Tuesday. I was after the podcast. I went home, finished oh. at 4 a.m., woke up, went to work. And oh I did another 2 a.m. morning on like Thursday night or something. So it, that's been in the way of biking, but I have still been hitting my three rides a week. Yeah. <sighs> but I want to get all this out of the way because... The cycling season is upon us. I leave in a month to go to Maui for yeah, like yeah. 12 days. With your bike. With my bike. Yeah. Don't hit a guardrail. Don't pull a does. Chloe. Yeah. Or a Sam. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Karsten did it on his arm, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, ripped the flesh nasty. back. That was gross. Yeah. Jackson, how'd your week go? It was good. Uh, just kind of sticking with what I have been doing the entire time. Uh, I've. It's one of those times where it's funny because it feels like all the indoor rides are hard but you see yourself making improvements in certain areas yeah which i guess is like it's good yeah all around but um you know it's getting to that time of year where now you start to see the 40s mm-hmm. and like you think oh i could probably handle 40s and yeah. so i'm i'm, I'm slowly but surely kind of gearing up to get ready for outdoor weather riding are we all past the phase where if it's raining outside we still go ride yeah. At my yeah. age, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If it's not sunny, I am not going to be uh, out there. I, I, Overcast, racing, okay, yeah. But if it's drizzling, I think if it depends on the time of year. Now it's like there's a potential that if it's raining now, we're on the cusp that temperatures can drop sway. Yeah. And we were on a long ride. Remember, my hands yeah. froze up. That was horrible. It went from like 39 degrees to like 31, yeah. and just a matter of seconds. It got horrible. So, yeah, that was a bad day. Yeah, a bad day. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I've gotten to a point now, especially after living in Portland, where like it's not worth it to me anymore. My wife, yeah. who's training for a half marathon, which I like, she's super, like, super motivated, and I think that's super cool. Um, but she went out and she ran in the rain this last weekend just because she was like itching to get outside. And I was like, yeah. honestly, like, big up to you for that because mm. there's no chance that I would go out there and ride right now. No. But also, do you, I'm just curious. Do you think that it's something to do with like cleaning the bike and all that? Because that's what uh, that's it is what for I me. Was, yeah, I, Michelle and my wife and I were talking about that same thing. And I said I would go out and ride because I have the gear, I have the clothing, and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. It's just the bike is such is so filthy when you get home, and yeah. you just yeah. I mean, I I don't know. It's right in the rain. It's practically cleaning it while you're while you're riding <laughs> it. You know, so um, 
but I just, I hate being cold and wet. It's just there's no better, there's no worse feeling yeah. than being too far from home and you're just freezing. Like I I hate that. So that's why I'm mm-hmm. not doing it. Yeah. And I hate to tell you guys, don't get excited because our marches usually suck. Yeah. It depends. We usually have like those like mid March where it's like, whoa, it's 70. Mm -hmm. And then then it's 30. And then it's, yeah. Yeah. What sucks is when that 70 is like all Thursday or all Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, come on. (sighs) Yeah. And then the weekend's back to cold and rainy. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'll I'll tell it. Um, Here's my story. I'd, I'd pull up my shirt because I had. I, I, yes, yeah, I, you got shaved my again. My chest hair's been shaved in like a bib. It just, <laughs> yeah, it's it's really bad, and I still have my hospital bracelet on, and I still have the. God, I hate when they put the I, the. What the do they I, call IV, IV right on your wrist? It's oh, it's so tender right down so in there. Hurts so bad. So anyway, last Tuesday after the show, everything's good. We had a good show. I was walking up the stairs to go to bed. All of a sudden, heart goes full back into AFib. Full back into AFib. I'm like, ah, shit. Okay. Um, I'll take my, you know, I have a little magic pill that I take and, you know, stuff like that. And I'll probably be fine in the morning or maybe in the next 18 hours, something like that. Didn't go away. Didn't go away. 36 hours went by and I was like, okay, this hasn't gone away. I I called my, I didn't call, I emailed my my cardiologist electro whatever cardiologist um cool guy and he said they said okay it's been if it's been more than 30 more than 24 hours chances are something's wrong you know we're going to schedule you for a a cardioversion which is where you lie on the bed they knock you out and they hit you with the paddles and so the whole week um by the way i really think uh that Every Apple should make like a iFib, like a like a defibrillator you can just have in your house and just put it on your chest when you go to sleep. And when you're in your deepest amount of sleep, it just immediately goes, <laughs> just just <laughs> naps you. Wouldn't that be great? I could just be like, oh, I'm an AFib. Good night, honey. <laughs> or if it's just like you night. charge your watch to 100% yeah. and just press a button. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Oh, don't touch me for a minute. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I just wish they would do that because um, so... Um, yeah, the whole week I'm in AFib, which means I haven't ridden once because when I'm in that state, you are you you're working at maybe thirty percent. I mean, a flight of stairs, you got to wait halfway up. It is it just sucks ass. And so, um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a little out of it too, by the way, because they knocked me out completely today, and I'm not drinking alcohol, so don't at me if you're looking at the at, this is na stuff um and then on top of it on, on friday i'm working in the theater getting things ready and i'm hanging this new projector we have and so my arms are over my head for like two hours kind of a thing and i'm installing this thing and all this kind of stuff and my shoulders were a little sore and i got home that night and in the middle of the night the pain was so bad i couldn't sleep I mean, just like throbbing pain in my left shoulder. And I'm going, hey, heart problems, left shoulder, 
that's not a good mix. <laughs> but um, I so wow, it's like an accident in the back yeah, of my exactly. between my shoulder right. blades. With what is this? Yeah. Probably not related. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm and okay. so I, uh, I, I, I made it through. I got up the next day. Went to had to go back and work again on stuff. And by that time that night, I was cooking dinner. I was rolling enchiladas, basically with one arm resting on something and just kind of doing them. Just it was so pitiful, and I was moaning while I was doing it. I was just like, uh, 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 uh. my shoulder was so bad. I mean, this was as a cyclist, you know how to deal with pain. This was this was a ten on a pain scale, and my wife just like, okay, sit down. We put hot pads on it and stuff, all that kind of stuff. So I went to the doctor for that one too, and apparently I have calcium. Um, Bones per no calcium on uh, tendons gr- deposits on my tendons mm-hmm. from from years of use and abuse and stuff like that. On uh, and um, it's from drumming. <laughs> well, I also thought it was probably from you know the mountain bike and stuff like that and the abuse that the shoulders have taken over the years and stuff like that. And and so um, calcified tendon that does need more looking into. So in other words, I'm pretty much falling apart. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're getting old. I exactly. Um, and and I, I'm not going to get. Uh, you know, I'm. I'm. I just wanted to get that out of the way because we did post. And oh God, I I made the biggest dumb ass high schooler mistake today. I'm in the hospital. I take a selfie as a joke, and I accidentally posted it to Instagram like a dumbass. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't want that up there now. I haven't told my parents that I'm in the hospital. I haven't done anybody that I'm in the hospital, stuff like that. And so I deleted it immediately. Not thinking the fact that my Instagram posts immediately to my Facebook, which is where all my parents spend their days. Not an Instagram. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. And so they immediately started. I guess my dad texted my wife like five minutes after it was posted. I was like, it took me about four minutes to realize it was on Facebook, and then I deleted it, and then I saw shit. So, out of the bag yeah Might yeah well put it back up yeah exactly yeah exactly well i wanted it as a joke but you know stuff like that so this got me thinking about you know and don't stick with me here for the um because i'm going to sound all philosophical and depressing and shit the fragility of it all um i i don't want to what i want to talk about just to kind of fun out here is i i have this term and I, i'm sure other people use it of camelots times in your life where you don't have the wherewithal the to to think about the fact that what you're going through is is a really cool time um and in terms of cycling the riding the racing i can think of you know the teammates uh was so perfect that you you just thought it was going to last forever and it doesn't i can think of for example the early arrive years when we were juniors where there were 50 60 70 juniors at the start of a race we had group rides four times a week at least um big crowds you know and stuff like that the washington classic was here i'm i'm at my parents house and were you know their teammates coming in and out all the time we had you know olympic athletes staying in our house every summer for the washington classic and you don't think about the fact that this is an amazing moment in time and um and I, I call those Camelot experiences. Also, I, you know, I could think of sometime, you know, like, you know, Jackson can recall um, my wife's uh, aunt and uncle. We used to go over there every weekend uh, and, and just have a, an amazing time. And we just thought that was going to last forever. And you don't you don't realize that it's just it's on a limited time scale. 
Does any but has any of you guys experienced? And Jackson, I know your cycling career is kind of short lived, but have you? Know, you can go with your soccer years or anything like that. But has anybody experienced what we call, what I call a Camelot in terms of your your riding time, teammates, era, something like that? Western cycling, it was amazing. Yeah, what I made would, it so? The teammates. It was yeah. the, it was just the climate of it. It was everybody loaded up in a car. I'm sure it was just like what you guys had back in the day. Yeah. The whole team loaded up in the car. We went to wherever the race was that weekend. You raced Saturday, Sunday, and went home. We traded during the week, yeah. and it was awesome. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think back and, like, yeah, I had great years with Audi and fun teammates, and it was fun to race with David more so there um, competitively. But, yeah, Western was that was foundational to me, like falling in love with the sport sure. and which is what I was saying last year. Um, the Montana stage race reminded me of having the whole crew there yeah. and we all just hung out and yeah, it was a good time. Yeah. So. I, I, th- I think that, you know, that was kind of a flashback of that. And mm-hmm. my wife, I remember looking at me going, this is fun. I'm like, this is what we used to do every weekend mm-hmm. back in the day. Mm-hmm. Jackson, do you have any experiences like that? Uh, I mean, if we're really being honest about it, soccer was never it. <laughs> I, 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 I love the sport, and it's something that I will always have within me, but it's never something that I will, I think, look back and think, God, that was, those, were like, those were like the times that I made the best friends, because I never did. Um, but I think, like, <laughs> I, I guess just being honest about it. Uh, but it's funny, because um, I feel like the only experience that I've had in, in sort of that Camelot experience is like what we've had so far and what's to come in the future. And I'm mm-hmm. feeling really motivated towards like some sort of team this year. I, I, I really want to like, and it, I don't think this falls on any of us, but I think that we all do it in a way, but I really want to like have that like team culture. I feel like this last year we had a really great time in like figuring out how one another wants to race. And, and I think that that's something that is sparking that lightning in a bottle a little bit. And I think that, I mean, that's where, that's where I go. I mean, it's funny too because I feel like I live in a time. I was talking to my hair hairstylist, listen to me, but um, I. Uh, <laughs> my, my You're barber. so trendy. Uh, I know I am. That's what I call my. I go to a hairstylist. Yeah. Did you say that? Um, Mine's well, pretty much a barber. Barber? Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I, you know, hairstylist, barber, whatever you call okay. it. Um, but that we live in that time where um, I think because of COVID. I think that I'm the, I'm one of the generations that never really got to have that like reckless youth in a way. And That's so a I, great point. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that that Camelot of like, you don't really realize that all of these amazing things are happening around you is almost like not taken away from me. Cause I think that I got a special, uh, special is a funny way to talk about it, but like a weird time of my life in such like a, cr- I, I would say crucial developmental part Mm -hmm. of a person's life and I kind of have to now fill that back in and I think that my uh Camelot is still on its way yeah does that make sense no absolutely Mm -hmm. you know and I keep thinking about the years in college that were taken away from you due to COVID were some of usually the goofiest years of college that you go through your your sophomore junior kind of senior years those are just like when everything you know is awesome. Yeah, you can yeah. live a full week on ramen and hot dogs and just yeah. be, you know, and go, we got enough money to get to this race and you go and, you know, or something like that. Right, and I feel like that's something that I, I kind of wish I was able to get in a way because there was a time in Portland when I raced one time. I raced one time and I felt like a, like an excitement and a spark towards that. But now you don't, 
we're in the world where when you're young, you don't really get those like reckless years. You don't get that time to like mess up, live on ramen for a week. Cause yeah. if you do, then like, it sounds terrible, but you're homeless. Like that's what COVID created, I think yeah. in a way. So it's, it's yeah. Weird wow. for, weird for the young people. Yeah. yeah. We would bring these tubs with just white, like wonder bread and cheap <laughs> peanut butter and jelly, just tubs of it. And that would be our, our, uh, our lunches, we had the Quaker oats, just like, but it was so sticky and oh. th- it was gross. And that was your breakfast, How are you and then through, spaghetti though? for for dinner every yeah. weekend. I had a teammate who'd go for a weekend race, um, Jim Franzen, Paul, oh, yeah. him, mm-hmm. who he would go with a bag of uh, those rolls from Great Harvest Bread Company mm-hmm. that were like one pound hockey mm-hmm. pucks each. Yeah. He'd take that and a, and a jar of peanut butter. And that, and that the dude would be was his, fast. He could fly. He, he used it's to just do, calories at that point. Yeah. Like he could beat people on a one speed cruiser. And I'm not joking. Yeah. Oh yeah. Was, I love it. Lunatic. One guy, yeah. one day he just decided he was going to ride across the country and he just left yeah. on his one speed cruiser. Legend. He just Last time away. I heard about, about him it was, uh, probably 25 years ago, I asked yeah. Gino if he heard from him. He says, uh, I think he's in Denver, and he has a like a burrito rickshaw that he rides around and sells burritos. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Didn't he break his saddle one. at the Olympic trials in 84? And and that was that stage I mean, the, that went up the top of five mile and dropped down. Oh, that was a tough Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I'm thinking of Taylor. What Tom Taylor? It? Tom Taylor yeah. did that. It yeah. Wasn't France. God, these are hilarious. Yeah. What was, was yours the years where you went down to? Yeah, it was 89, I think, because for me, when I made the decision not to go race in France, I just said, I'm just going to enjoy and race locally and just no pressure. I mean, up to that point, you know, you're just full gas and you're trying to get as much information and you really become, you know, kind of. Uh, very selfish about you know relationships. I sure. mean, I my my grandmother uh, turned eighty. They had a big birthday party and said, "I'm not going to do it. I'm going to go race." And oh, wow. you know, you miss yeah. parts of life yeah. when when I got to do this. This is the time. And then when I made that decision, so eighty nine, it was just like, God, this is fun. Just there's no pressure. I just race for the fun. And then ninety later that in January kind of launched when Borky and I and couple other guys steve clorty and and mike Meyerly, we went down and uh trained for a month and they trained for two months i had to come back for work yeah a month and a half and down in arizona and that season is i got on to team spokane and it was like we had a huge team we we totally dominated <laughs> um so yeah, yeah that was that was a good year a very good year I mean, and and there's always something that ends it. Usually, it's just kind of a phasing away. Yeah, our you know, team did, just start died after that. Away. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I can think of like uh, there's a guy who used to write here by the name of Bruce Hunt, and he used to constantly get us all to get excited about a just a, a simple a Saturday morning mountain bike ride. And this was at the kind of the the true kind of birth of, of mountain biking when it was all kind of coming in and, you know, suspension was starting to show up and it was starting to get better and better. And, and we would, you know, we'd start off with, you know, three, four, five people on a mountain bike ride and that would be even more and more and more. And then mountain bike racing really started to kick in. And that, you know, I've been fortunate enough to be through what I would label like two or three Camelots with my, 
my cycling career and it uh, that was such an amazing time you know my sh- my wife and I getting in the car with our dog and driving up to Silver Star in Canada and watching the World Cup finals you know and and some of the the legends of mountain bike racing we're just sitting on there on the side of a ski hill with our dog you know and just watching John Tomac and and Juliana Furtado and and Ned Overend and all these riders and it was it's just like you don't even think about it you know and, and Tinker and Tinker, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, you, didn't you interview I, I, him? I've talked to Tinker. Yeah, I've talked yes. to Ned, too. Yes, I had Ned on the show. John Tomac is impossible to get a hold of, yeah. but, you know, and Juliana's really hard to get a hold of, too. But um, it's just, and, and you don't, like I say, you don't expect them to end, and then they slowly just kind of disappear. And then you find yourself going, God, that was really cool back then, you know? And so yeah. this whole lying in a hospital bed made me think, you know, shit. It's all going to end. Am I going to have to get an e-bike? Because I, I don't think, want one. I Yeah, and I think, like, I, I'm just interested because I did have that experience of racing every single weekend, having yeah. that crew that you traveled with, and it's such a rare thing in my generation that people have that. Because um, I think about, you know, like, you don't have that, and so racing looks totally different for you. But to me, and my optimism, like, I think for you, so, like, I would look at it like, oh, it's exciting stuff ahead we're entering one we're entering one yeah 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 that's what i've been saying it's not necessarily a negativity that i have towards the future it's more of an opt an optimism and like i said i do feel some sort of motivation to like help in like cultivating some sort of like fun team culture i think that like a lot of cool things could come over the next few years that we all do together and it's 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 just endless possibilities you know yeah 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 well, speaking of, of times and changings and stuff like that, Paul brought up something to me of interest uh, on the, to the to the table this morning. It looks like this year's Strada Bianca is going to have more kilometers, 215K. Mm. Now, I, I want you to think about this. A 215-kilometer race with more gravel sectors, 15 sectors, and more dirt road sectors, uh, more dirt road kilometers, 71 kilometers than ever before. So a really long race that is on gravel and dirt roads. <laughs> Where are you going with this? I'm personally a huge fan of Strada Bianca. It yeah. is one of my, if not my favorite cl- spring classics. Um, it's is, what world's gravel should be. Is the line between gravel and road getting more and more blurry as we go? My, Michelle and I last night before I went to bed were watching a, a thing on Unbound. And I was looking at some of the sectors they're on in Unbound. And they kind of look like some of the sectors that you see in Strada Bianca. Mm -hmm. And then they're on road sections. And then they're off-road sections. So when does Strada Bianca become a gravel race? Never. Why? Because what makes a gravel race a gravel race and what makes a road race with dirt slash gravel sections different? The, uh, The history of it. That's yeah. what makes it. But Strata's not that old. But it's older than How old Unbound, is it? you know? It started off as a Grand Fondo type thing. Yeah. And I think. Um, I can look it up. I think like 96 or something, and then yeah. it became a pro race. Like, oh, I thought yeah. it was like no. 80s. No, it's, a, it's, it's a baby. It's one of the baby races. Yeah. Uh-huh. But I think that it, it will never be considered a gravel race. That's, that's it, truly what it is. But I'm interested to hear. 07. Yeah, I'm interested to hear what. What? So, yeah. 2007 yeah. was in the, when it the became first a UCI, UCI race. Holy shit. And who won it? Ah, Fabian Cancellara. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So what makes what makes it a mon? What would make it a monument? My late typically that's it's history. First of all, has been around for most of those have been around for over a hundred years, but they were a monument before that anyway. Right, um, but, but isn't there a distance? Yeah, you have to be over uh, like I think it's approaching two hundred fifty kilometers. Oh, so we're so, I I I would be interested to see the day that this would be considered a monument mm-hmm. one of the days because I think that a lot of people in their own personal minds classify it as one of those. And so I wonder if they're trying to inch towards that as like because the popularity is there, the viewership is there. Yeah, it's just obviously the history is not quite there because it's so new in the distance. But I, I, I think it's a fun race. I don't know if there's necessarily a distinction that can really be made between gravel and ro- and and a road race. But I don't know. Does there need to be? Just like Americana and country. Well, but those are different categorizations. But exactly, what's the point in doing it? They're both tech. They both pretty much sound the same. Not some of the country I've been forced to listen to. But if we're really gonna get, if we're really gonna categorize into tiny little pinholes, like you know. But but okay, so that but we're running into these situations where you know, especially European gravel, where you're seeing like the gravel world championships. That looked a hell of a lot like Strada Bianca. Um, and so are we going to need to, I know we don't need to, but for the sake of a podcast, is there going to be, should there be a delineation in terms of distance, in terms of percentage of gravel versus percentage of road and, you know, and things like that? How I feel about it is I feel like we need to make the distinction, however, between European and American versions of this, of this one's niche part of the sport. Because American gravel is such a different thing from the Complete. European. I think that European is a lot more tame, and American has sections of single track in it, and it's just not the same thing. The UCI is never going to capture that, as annoying as it is, that original essence of what it is. The spirit of gravel. Yeah, because it's, yeah. it's just such a different thing. When you say that DK, or not, whoa, that Unbound and, um, <laughs> and, and Strata Bianca are the same, they are, like, Unbound is much gnarlier than a Strada Bianca is because you can't ride a road bike yeah. on these on these Kansas roads. It's that flint, yeah. It's that flint gravel that's going to shred a tire. You move wrong on at all. But in in it's or it's the white Storato roads in 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 Italy that you can pretty much drive a car on and not tell the difference. You know, it's it's it is a very strong delineation between the two. Yeah, it's just in Europe they just don't have the barbaric roads or trails that we have yeah as a general rule to hook up a race you know other than doing a loop Mm -hmm. a little you know i think on this matter uh what i don't i think gravel is at the stage where it becomes on some promoters a gimmick it's getting gimmicky sure i agree and and that's my concern about this it the gravel sections start pretty early on this and um you know one of the things that makes, to me, like Peru Bay or even Flanders, you know, that it's getting to those sectors becomes b- as big a part of the race is mm-hmm. is the the sectors themselves. So you start seeing everybody setting up teams, getting into it. But if you're running constant gravel, if it was constantly Peru Bay, gra- uh, you Pave. know, Pave, yeah, that would be a boring race. It really would not yeah. be a good. Be, people would be flatting and. Bo- 
It's kind of like the attrition the, of an all pave race. Would well, they'd be have to shorten it for insane. sure. Insane, mm-hmm. yeah. So typically on a, a Peru Bay, out of two hundred and fifty kilometers, fifty kilometers of that, and it's usually towards the end. It starts at like a hundred and uh, there's fifty kilometers is is pave, and I think about it starts after a hundred. 120, 30 kilometers. It's just pavement till, till they start hitting sectors. Yeah. So, I, you know, and if you look at that map, it's like gravel. You hit pavement, gravel, hills. And yeah. riding, not that it's real, but riding those on, on Ruby, I'm like, these freaking steep hills. Oh, They're Jesus. really steep. They, they are massively steep. Yeah. And the descents, I was sitting there, because when you go down, I'm like, you, that's butt-clenching. Scary yeah. stuff. And that's the yeah. thing where those are kind of gravel riding roads or uh-huh. where gravel originally was you know, for created. Sam, you and I both done Efreda. Yep. Would you classify that as a gravel fondo? Oh, not really. See? But I, I mean, 98% there's a percent of the sections. people do it on gravel bikes. Yeah, yeah, and I did. And I, yeah. I will do it next year, but that's just because like I think the ideal setup would probably be 30s. Yeah. You know, maybe 32s, but I can't fit that on my road bike. Yeah. But I do I I I think a road bike is the way to go on that. I've known a few people that have won it on a road bike. So, I did it on a road bike. Yeah. But yeah. I flatted four times. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if tubeless would be the way to go on it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, Terry Prime who listens to the show quite a bit. Yeah. He said Everybody's fastest time has been on a road bike with 28s. Yeah. Yep. That's the answer. It's just, you go down that one descent. And that's the thing about a road bike. Like, I remember doing Rendezvous on Palouse and some of those mm-hmm. back Thank rollers. Thank you for bringing that, that up. I was going to, yeah. The back rollers you're going, I remember doing 35 on those. And I am just like praying to the Lord that yeah. my wheel sticks. Yeah. And because, like, you're just, the front wheel's going everywhere, you know, and it's just like, just please, just please keep going straight. Paul, Paul, describe that race. And you might even know the kind of distances of gravel and dirt roads versus paved. Yeah, it's about uh, on the, each lap, there's six six miles of gravel. And I think there's 18 miles of. So it's about one third of, okay. of it's an 18 mile lap. Six of it is gravel. is gravel and then 12 on these laps. Tame-ish gravel. Yeah, it is. It depends on the type of year. Every once in a while, they'll they'll grade and gravel. There was one year where the week before I went and did a recon, and it was that descent that you go. I mean, I was totally thinking I'm gonna die. Yeah, because I was thinking I'm gonna find because usually cars packed down. You can find like in the middle middle of the the road. There's usually it's pushed aside from traffic from both directions. There was nothing. It was it was freshly graveled. It, I tell you, my butt cheeks slammed so it sounded like Thor. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was the total mileage of a lap? Uh, I think it's eighteen miles. And gravel was six miles of that six 18. miles. So you're under half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Third, yeah. third, yeah. And, and it's again that I've won it three times, and I, I won one time, no, two times on twenty threes. Jesus. So twenty three C. Yeah. No. Uh-huh. I mean that's. When it came out was 2011, yeah, you know, and I had tubular, so that's. It just gets me starting to, you know, I know that it's okay to classify a gravel race as something that could be classified as a road race and vice versa, but we have these categories now. So you know, just because people show up with a gravel bike, 
it doesn't necessarily classify it as a gravel race. I think race the difference between what we see a, over here. a gravel race and a road race, though, are truly the categories. Like if if you're a Cat Four, if it's a, if it's registered as a Cat One, Two, Three, Four, Five, whatever race, it's a road race. More the, of that mass start feel. Yeah, if okay. it's a mass start though, like it's a you know Fondo, that's yeah. a gravel race. I think that one thing that it's also makes to... makes these type of races so entertaining, a uh, Estrada Bianca or Ronde Van Palouse, is that the underbiking of it all is what. And when I say underbiking, no, you didn't yeah. bring you didn't bring the correct bike for that day. <laughs> you didn't bring like enough gear for it. It's it's it feels kind of sketchy and a little dangerous. The underbiking of it all is what makes it so entertaining. The fact that nobody's riding the right bike in Strada Bianca is what we all go there for yeah, the fact that right. nobody rides the right that's bike really in Paris-Roubaix yeah. is what we all go there for mm-hmm. it's that's the entertainment of it if and we're gra- watching a gravel race they've perfectly chosen their bike to the specific level and everything nobody's underbiked everybody's exactly perfectly biked and it's just that's what gravel is is that you've brought the right bike to the right show yeah road racing in these classics is you brought the wrong bike to the wrong show, but who's the strongest person in this group that can control that bike well enough. That's well put. That is really well put because I think uh, on the same note, gravel is becoming underbiked also because people are starting to take their gravel bikes on trails where I'm watching on YouTube and I'm going, it's a fucking mountain bike trail, well, man. It, it's, it's a single track mountain bike trail. You could haul ass on a mountain bike on that. Trail. And it depends anymore though, because now we're introducing uh, uh, suspension forks, yeah. gravel bikes, drop bar bikes. There's some. There's uh, Dylan Johnson is one of the lifetime Grand Prix, Grand Prix riders, and he rides a drop bar on a mount, like on on a full suspension mountain bike. Yeah, but he just prefers it that way. So we're starting Tom- to see. Tomac these, did it first. We're yeah, starting yeah. to th- see these like weird Franken bikes from all mm-hmm. different iterations of cycling, and it's 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 fun. But I think a lot of the purists find it a little bit annoying. Hi. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a little yeah. bit of a purist. I, I yeah. think also that's uh, you bring up that point about being underbiked. The first couple of years of Ronde Van Palouse, because there's been gravel like we had Spokane River Road Race before. Yeah. There was no such thing as a. I mean, we just raced on it. You know. Yeah. yeah. We had a gravel climb, and and then we had a, you know sections later on. We put a sections of of gla- uh, rolling gravel roads. We but, call it, well, we just call them dirt roads yeah, too. Dirt, you know, it was yeah, dirt. Yeah, yeah, you got a dirt climb, and it, it's like tire selection and twelve percent or fourteen percent, yeah. and you're barely able to keep your bike in a forty-two twenty-one, yeah, upright. Forty-two twenty-one twenty. <laughs> some people ran twenty twenty-fours for the wimps. Yeah, like went up Charles on a dirt dirt road. It was oh, yeah, yeah, it was horrible. Yeah. Um, but I remember the first couple of years of Ronde Van Plus. People were bringing their cross bikes, yeah, because they thought and they'll run wider tires. But the pavement section, they they paired, de- yeah, paired. I mean, fared, uh, paid. Excuse me, they yeah. paid dearly for that. Uh, it was not the same. It's like riding with your but brakes on. They were when you get they to the were pavement. great in the gravel, but that's only one third of it. Yeah. So you come out of the gravel, okay, and then people just start hammering on the. Yeah. So game over. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. I can't wait for Strata Bianca, and I'm cool that they're adding more. 
I love it. And, 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 and Paul, you mentioned the Ruby app, and I really need those guys to pay us for all the time we give them <laughs> because it is cool to go out and look at the actual roads and then have it on a realistic setting mm-hmm. and realize that you're going to fall off your trainer because they're so yeah, such steep. steep. And, and, you think- and then you're looking at the quality of the road, and you know, obviously they shot this video in a car, but you're just going, holy shit, if, if I was just riding these roads, I would be toast. And you have to think about it. This is gravel, and if you're doing a 18% climb, yeah. you're not standing like you can on a trainer to no. get over the top. Yeah, yeah. you have to sit, yeah. or, or or you're extremely tilted back in an yeah. uncomfortable position where yeah. it doesn't feel like you're standing. Yeah, yeah. it's cool. it's it's epic. Um, speaking of dirty stuff, uh, cyclocross worlds, gentlemen, take a look. The World Cyclocross Championships are happening in Tabor, 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 Chechnya. Did anybody would anybody have known that it's in Chechnya right out of the gates? Right out. Of the gates? No. Nope. Neither would I. Where's Chechnya? Over there. I would say Eastern <laughs> Europe. Yeah, yeah, sounds right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, okay, um, Matthew's been talking about this perhaps being his last go at a rainbow in cross. Um, so before we get to picking, who thinks that the, quote, all-around riders, end quote, are starting to feel the impact of such a brutal schedule? Hmm. I mean, you're not seeing these guys, road season, cross season, mountain bike included. You know, I thought about that. do that for so long. Yeah. Well, I thought about it. When those guys, um, when those guys, you had Pitcock, that three, Pitcock, Van Art, and yeah. Vanderpool. Those, those three, everybody's like, because they were doing really well in road racing. And everybody's like, maybe cross is the answer. <laughs> now it's the other way around. They're... They're feeling the pain, and and we even talked about it on the show back. Is like, you can't go full gas every oh, every day of the nope. year round. And look at uh, Wow, he, he's like, no, he's not doing worlds. He's not. He's just, he picked out a couple of races that he wanted to do, and that's fine. His focus is on classics. Yeah. You can't focus on all those. Mm-hmm. So it's not. It. I think it just depends on what. It was cool during that time. Those guys were rocking both cross and road. But would yeah, one say anymore. it was a Camelot moment yes. with those three gentlemen. Yes. See how I tied that all back. Well, I think with those, I think with those three really did, and I, people can come after me for saying this, but it really showed the lack in quality of the cross field. What? I think that those three bring those things. Oh, but I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. They would. I'm not saying that. I or any yeah, of us yeah. could ride at that quality. I'm not saying that. I don't want to be that armchair quarterback that yeah. say that I could do it better than them. Really I can't. Bit, um, you know, Sven Nice, yeah. all those guys. Yeah. No. Oh, Sven Nice, different yeah. level. Yeah. I'm talking about the current era outside of those big three. Um, but when we see three riders come into a field that have been training for that specific discipline year round and they just kick everybody in the shins, oh, it's like man. it. It almost to me showed that like they are training incorrectly or something is that either we have just this unbelievable generation of these riders coming through because when we see Matthew Vanderpool murder this pellet this this group psycho yeah, yeah thank peloton, you. peloton you call it a peloton. group whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. or Wout Van and and then Ellie Isabet is like five minutes off it really to me tells me that. Why aren't they up to par? Why can't they keep What's up? What's going if, on? If yeah. this is their sport, why can't they do it? Yeah. And to me, it, it, I don't know. It makes me question like the the quality of the current cyclocross field we have. Somebody I, I, somewhere is screaming "doper" into their phone right now. <laughs> oh, and somebody's probably saying, "Oh, he's wrong. This is this is like the best generation we've ever had." But it's like, yeah. 
I think I think there's always there. I think you hit it a little bit. Is I think is the talent we just hit of, uh, you know, even on the road, you know, um, Pogacar, um, yeah, you know, Vanderpool. I mean, they're doing things that no one's ever done. Pogacar's falling no. back time. to the classic idea of a Giro and a Tour, and he's not riding him to participate. Exactly, and even during Merckx's period, people forget about. I mean, there were there was a good group of riders, you know, for classics that you know. Uh, Roger Van, uh, uh, Roger De Flamick, yeah. uh Walter Godofruit, um, you know Henny Kuyper. Those guys, they were constantly. Those guys were always the ones to watch, and that you know Merckx didn't win every race, and those guys were just so. But after that, you just had like a select what we've been going through, and yeah. I think we hit a good batch again. Yeah, and Matthew Vanderpool has been even mentioning that there's a very strong chance that his mountain bike aspirations are going to go to, away go to the side wow. because he's he's talking about the fact that you know obviously one there's one that's a cash cow for him and there's one that's going to be you know the the big career move for him and, I you think, know and, I think him winning worlds this year opened up his eyes massively to how yeah. legendary he can be it would be almost sad if he wins worlds this weekend and doesn't race the cyclocross season Mm-hmm. really next year mm-hmm. it was kind of like when uh, uh, what's his name uh, the Russian guy won the Olympic gold and and then disappeared and what's his name who's in charge of Astana yeah I was thinking Abdujaparov mm-hmm. that's before that well he time. had a big nasty uh, um, femur break in a crash oh, that's yeah. what kind of put him down a oh, little okay. bit he did come back but that yeah. was it yeah. Um, so looking at our start list, I have the men's and the women's in front of us. And are, I'm wondering if anybody's just going to go completely off the grid and try and go and pick somebody who might not be the, the guaranteed winner. We always winner. bank on Sam on that. Yeah. Sam yeah. always. Yeah. Is, yeah. He's America. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or your brother. Women. Like, Peter Sagan still racing. <laughs> yeah. 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 He is on the mountain bike. Um, is anybody picking somebody? We'll start with the men. Is anybody picking somebody other than Matthew Vanderpool for the win? Nope. No, not for I, the I've win. got second and third though. Yeah. Oh, you do. Okay. Yeah. Who's your... uh, uh, Michael uh, Venturno. Uh, oh. He is. He's been. Um, he's had up and down season, but he had a good race last weekend. The first on Saturday, holding pretty much as lo- longer than anybody else on on. Uh, Matthew. Yeah. And then uh, uh, Prem uh, Ronhar, and I think he's Dutch national champion. He's young, and he's he's full of vinegar. <laughs> um, does anybody have anybody other than that? I just picked the winner. I just picked Matthew because I think he's going to teach. Watching his attacks. Oh, God, I missed watching bike racing in that last race where he was just – I didn't have the legs today, but he was just – Moving oh, past gobs world. of people oh up hill. Yeah, yeah. I think somebody who is to watch as one of those next generation type of riders that does it all is uh, Thibaut Nice, yeah. Sven Nice's son, uh, riding for Lidl Trek this year. I think that he's doing a little bit of both. So I'm interested to see what he can do mm-hmm. down the line in both fields. Yeah. And we're not going to rule out uh, some of these other guys doing it because, you know, we watched Watt Van Ert almost going to the, w- going to the win last week and two weeks ago and taking it easy over two 
dismounts, <laughs> breaking his saddle and falling down. I mean, those kind of things could happen. You and know, then and winning. Vanderpool went down, but man, Vanderpool, Vanderpool went down in that race. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. So you know, we can't rule out mechanicals and and somebody like you know Eli Easter being able to take home something. Um, on his own, Sam. You got it. Who who'd you pick, Sam? Oh, yeah. So the other uh, on the ones second were, column, uh, <laughs> Lars Vanderhaar and okay. Lauren Sweek. <laughs> okay, I like, I like Lauren Sweek. Yeah. Um, for for the women, um, I I I I picked. I didn't pick Van Van Apple. Huh? Well, you're stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I picked. He's the Vanderpool of the women. I don't know crowd. why. I didn't pick I, her either. I want Puck Peters to do something. So I, I, I that's oh, who I picked. Oh, Clara Hansinger. Oh, yeah, that would be cool, but yeah. I don't think it's gonna happen. I have well, uh, come on. Van Ampel to win, and then the the rest of the podium is um, Lucinda Brandt because she's tough after yeah. breaking her nose and get back up and yeah, Jesus. one of the next race she races, and then I have Puck Peters. Yeah, well, I might have picked a podium. Yeah, I mean, I put Van Van Ampel who's gonna win, and then um, I don't know. I'd like to see Maglia Rochette from Canada be higher up in the you know categorization but let's be real we all know what's gonna happen name Puck right I'm gonna if I ever have eh, I'll just probably name a dog Puck read your Shakespeare man yeah that's Shakespeare. right yeah. Yeah. wait really yeah oh, uh, oh really yeah. <laughs> I don't know uh, Midsummer or don't it sucks it's all uh, hey <laughs> Midsummer Night Stream's a good show yeah, yeah, yeah well I've got a lot of feelings about Taming of the Shrew Taming of the Shrew that's a good one too mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah no it's not no okay wow all these are me Kate I did like that yeah. one. Yeah. Did you ever see that? There that we go. It. Yeah. All the adaptations. There we go. Um, let's jump to tonight's segments. I guess I could just play one bumper to take us into all of the segments tonight. Because we've got three. We're first going to start off with Fit Tips with Bike Fit Sam and Ambassador Cycling. Get to ambassadorcycling.com. Book a meeting, and you're going to feel better in the long run. I promise. They're picking up. It's they are? Fun. Yep. I've Good. had... Tis the season. Yeah. I don't know. Four this week or what is this today? Tuesday? Something like that. Um, anyway, but yeah. Uh what's your question? Well, I, I a friend of mine wants to, me to ask you about shoulders and wrists. How and, and and this actually made me think because a, a long time ago I had an old friend, grade school friend that I grew up with and who played football, high high school football all the way through and he actually played a little bit in college and he did so much damage to his wrists that he wanted to get into cycling but he could not ride a drop bar bike because his wrists were just absolutely just you know no tendon left basically just bone on bone and you know and with this thing with this thing that i'm going through with these calcified tendons I, i keep thinking of people with stiff shoulders with you know repaired rotator cuff kind of things like that is there a way to accommodate for those types of things? Because usually, I mean, I think about a bike fit being, this is your bike, this is how you're supposed to be most comfortable and most efficient. And if you start tweaking stuff based to accommodate for something like an injury, you're either becoming less efficient or you're compensating to another part of your body that you're eventually going to injure. How far off am I here? No, you are spot on. I mean, but like, for instance, I have um, bad back, and so I have to have my hips more open. And how you do that is you move your seat forward. So, like, yeah, I am out of the norm for that, but those are the things that we do to accommodate injuries. And that's what's cool about bike fit is that we take into account uh, the injuries that you have had um, through whatever you're living, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we adjust the bike around that. So for a shoulder injury for your friend, 
Um, <laughs> I would do like I'm not putting mountain bike bars on my road bike. No. I mean, he's not. <laughs> yeah, he's not. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, but <laughs> but just like sliding the seat a little bit further back. Right, um, that's going to transfer weight more onto the back, uh, the pedals, into the saddle, and then less into the hands. There should be less in the hands anyway, but that would be one way that I would favor it. And then maybe raising up the stem like five millimeters. And because you know, a lot of people are much. immediately going to think, "Oh, I have bad shoulders. I just need to put extra bar tape or a no. shock absorbing Spin stem." Cold gel pad, yeah, yeah, pad. yeah. No. All that kind of stuff. They just think padding is the is the solution. Yeah, but honestly, I would also say that like bike fit isn't going to make the biggest difference for it. It's probably going to be like stretching and PT is going to yeah. be the biggest one for shoulders and knees. Would probably be like the two things that'd be like, yeah, that's gonna be easily fixed with PT over um, bike fit. Over a position. I got a question. Yeah. So you move the seat back. Does yep. that change to the seat height? It does. Yeah. So, so then you, you better go get a fit. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not just so, a matter of pushing it back. No, and a, a mm-hmm. good rule of thumb. I mean, just if we're making it, keeping it simple, because um, that's my motto: keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. Uh, but. If you move it back one centimeter, just to keep it math easy, go down one centimeter, just okay. one to one ratio. Um, and that's, it depends on the seat angle, all that. But if you follow that, you're not going to make things worse or bad. Yeah. So slow increments. Yeah. Move it back a little bit. And down a little bit. And then, and then if it still doesn't bit. work back. Yeah. Yep. 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 Just keep inching down. Mm-hmm. And it's a this is not hey i have a fondo tomorrow you start oh, no don't do it the <laughs> yeah. day before your race yeah. oh man i had an iron man person come in last year and i was like so you can stop right there but no yeah right yeah, but yeah. i mean they were just like <laughs> yeah i'm doing iron man next week i'm like wrong time yeah. what yeah like i was what are you talking about you're doing iron man next week why didn't you do this it's like ridiculous. three Eight months, months ago, ago. Yeah. yeah 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 three oh i could have dealt with yeah you know, but it's just like, so it's, you know, dear Hail Marys and pray for the best. I oh, guess. my God. Yeah. That's like changing your diet, right? Oh, God. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. try this new stuff. <laughs> I, well, and you know what, though? Like, people are guilty of that. Like, we can all think of it like, well, day of, I'm going to need this extra. It's like, well, have you been using that in your training? Yeah. No. Don't do it. Yeah. 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 But, oh, I'm going to take this gel because it has more energy oh, in it than typical. Yeah. And it's like rejection your body yeah i mean i think anybody who's raced long enough has made that mistake i know i have or even worse if you're at a race and this food there's a sponsor of a food or a liquid beverage that you're just like it's never tried before yeah 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 Yeah. you that didn't happen to you at belgian waffle that was just fatigue and everything like that that made you sick at the end right yeah we didn't you didn't eat anything out of the normal on that no I, I think I did. I was like taking those salt tabs or something like that. Just going, oh, just give me whatever you have. Yeah. I just need anything. I, I, I mean, if somebody would have handed me a handful of meth, I probably would have chewed it down. <laughs> yeah. I would have been like, hey, what are the calories? <laughs> Start tweaking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, 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 I do it. feel better. Yeah. <laughs> wow, it Watch works. me dance. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks, man. Uh, next, uh, we're going to go with Changing Times with Paul Main, um, one of our newest segments and, and things like that. We get it, and it, it isn't just a, a grumpy old man talking about how he used to be. I try not to, but it's kind of. It's easy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, so the, the one thing I want to talk about is shifting. Like I mentioned before, I was trying to get the my winter bike or the bike that I slapped together 
um, <laughs> to, and it's when the weather got that, well. Yeah, when the, right before the weather got really good. Yeah, and, yeah. and I missed it. Um, but you know, I think a little bit of cockiness that I can slap this thing together, and in the the group that I have, it's it's uh, it's a Ceram Red. So you know, I have the the shifters on you know well, integrated shifting brake yeah. levers, and I oh. thought back like. I could have put this thing together, like, probably within two hours of my original bike. Yeah. It was so simple. It was quiet. And then so I started thinking about shifting. So I did a little research. And what really changed, basically, the derailleur and it was all friction shifting. Yeah. Uh, and Pat and I have bragged about the, this beautiful shifting during the friction period called simplex yeah huh? retro friction I can't believe I don't can't have be had their version and stuff and it was because the derailers were all designed to have a heavy spring that when you shift up into a lower gear you're fighting that spring and every other shifter had a nylon bushing in there and there's times where it gets stuck and you'd overshift and yeah it was a pain in the ass and simplex was heaven Pros, Hi, the, the the Renault Elf team was not necessarily sponsored by no, Simplex. No, they were campy, yeah. But they would buy Simplex shifters yeah, you, and put them on there. Everybody their, on ran Simplex. Yeah, everybody yeah. threw the campy shifters away. Wow. Yeah. And <clears throat> that, to me, kind of started, a, that was like foreshadowing how campy and shifting <laughs> yeah. got into Index. Yeah. They never really got, got into the group. I think that's kind of hurt them. Beginning of the they, end. They've had some adequate, and, and I ran... Um, Campy Ergo back in the day, like in ninety. I did too. I think it came out in ninety two. Have a list to start, but yeah. What really happened is Shimano got in the game, and they tried to get more people into bikes. They created it was called Positron, and it was the first <laughs> Index in nineteen seventy seven, and it was. But you had to have two cables to do that to move the derailleur. Oh my god! Yeah, it was really bizarre. So in the eighties, they started doing SIS, which is Shimano Index System. Yeah. And that, I remember thinking, this is the dumbest thing in the world. <laughs> I, I mean, because I had retro friction. I never missed a shift. I never overshifted. If you ride enough, friction was fine. You really didn't need yeah. index. And you could hear somebody in the back going, click. And to me, it was like the sign of a beginner. You yeah. don't even know how to shift. You got to have, it's like an automatic transmission. You don't even have to know how to ride a stick, drive a stick. Yeah. You know, that and you had thing. to make sure your shift lever was always in the right position. You know, it, on, it's, on it's like playing a trombone. It's like mm -hmm. playing a trombone. You, if that if that position of the trombone is a millimeter left or right, it's going to yeah. change the note, and you would be in between gears in that situation. Yeah. So yeah, so you would hear people grind me a pound. Yeah, you know, yeah, <laughs> trim it out. I love that yeah. so much. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't so, it Shimano too that did that? Like uh, the the chain ring kept moving, but the crank, like the free wheels on the chain ring. Uh, free free. That was uh, I know Schwinn had that. Schwinn did it. Yeah, yeah the first, and okay. there's been different. So that's basically what e bikes do right now, yeah. right? I thought it was that's like the bio pace or something. But they still yeah, have the free wheel, but the thing is is that that's part of the problem. The guy that we were always moving. We know yeah. Mr. Bozo yeah. and his e bike is that the lifting pins are in different position. Yeah. So it was throwing the it's chain off. Not where you crank and put power. It the pins are in the wrong spot. Yeah. Oh, lifting man. Oh, man. So anyway, I was just thinking about that and the progression and looking back at how fast things change. So 80s index shifting, and then in 1990, 89, actually, Phil Anderson helped Shimano develop this STI, which yeah. is, what was it, Shimano? Um, 
total control, total integration, integration, maybe. Yeah, total yeah, integration. Yeah, yeah. That's what it was. So that's what the that started everything. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, when I saw that, because I poo pooed anything from Shimano, and I'm like, shit, this is yeah, this is a thing. It changed. Well, yeah, you it changed the game in crits. You yeah, keep your hands on the bars. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and I still was a little bit because the, what happened in the old because days, you, you could, are you. Yeah, and I am <laughs> me. But with friction, everybody had like I like running status silver chains with my campy and I use Suntour yeah. free wheels. I mean, you could select, you, could you knew cross. what worked for you. Yeah. What happened when Shimano started doing the index, it started creating nothing is compatible. You have to buy, you have to buy into that system. spacing issues. Yeah. 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 And then, of course, in order to get the performance, that's what we all did. So 19, we'll say 1990, we had Shimano with STI. Two years later, here comes Campy on their version, Ergo. Yeah. And then SRAM didn't, they were just into grip shift. So from 1990, which didn't seem that long ago to me, <laughs> but things just went like bang, bang, bang. And yeah. you started going all these multiple speeds. And now we're in electronic. And it's kind of interesting where if I had today's bike, I was sitting there thinking while I was putting that bike together with hoses and everything, that is a day. Yeah. Is, oh, if I don't no. do it, it's all There's day long. There's only two long. lines. Yeah, but just get the hoses in there. And if you have a brand new bike, with, with Shimano, you have to program. You still have to program with mm-hmm. SRAM a little bit. Not that it's difficult, mm-hmm. but it, it, it takes a long time to get I, that bike I, set up. I'm only playing devil's advocate mm-hmm. just because like I, I it is quite a simple system, but I do agree with you. I tore my dad's Serata down last year and rebuilt it and it took me all of like two hours yeah. to tear it, it everything is, off of that and rebuild granted, it. Granted, I've... I've been doing it since 1985, so yeah. you know. But on simple stuff, that's where, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. That's where a, a group like uh, Cycle Systems um, yeah. is is such a great asset yeah. to have those kind of classes where you can watch somebody do it and then have the guts to tackle it yourself. Mm. It's because I I agree. It's 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 beyond an engineering degree it, now. It's just it's, it's crazy. It was yeah. so simple, and the, and it was the average guy. But I think also. There are some benefits yeah. to it. I, I have to, I don't know because I haven't truly experienced other than riding a couple of electronic groups. Yeah. I, it's really hard. Yeah, it's just better. I don't think it's going to win you a race as opposed to, you know, the total brake lever, shift lever yeah. between that. Yeah. And even clipless pedals. And I mean, there's some. Those are jumps. It, yeah. And even yeah. Uh, headsets difference from from our threaded compared to threadless what we used to call threadless headset yeah. which we run today that those are big and sealed bottom brackets those are big advancements yeah yeah so there we go that was that lastly but not leastly we're going to finish off with jackson and his and his segment style points he even brought his ipad in i didn't realize that you and i have the same color ipad i bought a new ipad and but the blue one got blue cute man anyways <laughs> cute. so uh no. I know that Paul might need to leave a little early, and that's totally fine. Yeah. Um, and if you do, I don't. It's all good. I don't um, care. Yeah, so in about four minutes. Okay. Yeah. So, anyways, I decided to because I'm thinking about this year making a sunglasses change. Oh. Yeah, I know. Mm. Yeah. Um, but I'm not gonna say because that might sway how you feel about this whole thing. I went through each and every World Tour men's team. I apologize that I didn't have the time after I got home from work to go through the whole women's Women's world tour, but I will another day. Um, And I went through each and every uh, team and I decided, or, and I saw what their sunglass sponsor was 
and I picked the most popular one, and I wanted to play a game. Oh boy! Where we all either love it or hate <laughs> it. You don't get a middle choice because we live in a polarizing society, and why <laughs> change? Yeah. Um. So I will hold the uh, you know, the giant of this, the Goliath of this whole industry, to the end, and I will show you pictures of each teams, and I even have like what they're named, what team rides them, all that stuff. I don't have the price because. It doesn't matter. If it's style, yeah. you're going to buy yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So first of all is uh, K-O-O or Koo. And uh, Bor Hansgrohe rides this brand. They did change from 100% over the 100%, last year. Yeah. Yes. So. We should have air well, projected it's all, this. It's thing. all good. I This is the it's okay. K-O-O. I even have the name of it. Alibi. Alibi. Okay. So if you want to, if you like this brand, look it up. Love it or hate it? Love it. Love it. It's got a rounded bottom to it, so mm-hmm. I'll say I love it. L- okay, love it, Paul. Paul, oh, man, it's gonna be hard with Paul. He's, yeah. gonna be he's like, not gonna wear any of them. Yeah, he's he's gonna gonna no, hate it I would say I love it. That's traditional. It? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's great. Cool. Yeah, kind of a top frame, no bottom frame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am a love it. Okay. I would go love it. Yeah. yeah, I like I like a bigger glasses. I like that we're going kind of that way a little bit. Yes, exactly. Thank you. Next we have Sun God. Which yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, is Garant. yes, love it. <laughs> so Sun God did do a f- specific Garant Thomas one, they and had I had to do the white frames. Yes, they yeah. did, and they made it look like the white frames. However, Ineos rocks these. These are called the. Let me look. The Vulcans, and even in an Ineos Grenadiers color frame. Sam, what do you think? I don't love it. I don't so love it hate. either. So I hate I'm, it, I'm, yeah. if, hate if it's it, love or hate, it. I'm gonna have to say hate. Paul, yeah. what do you think? Yeah, I, it, again, it's not offensive. I'll just say love it. To me, like glasses are so close together now. Yeah, it's the same yeah. design. That's really close. Yeah, it's very yeah. much is. Yeah. The, like the top bar that yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't really like that. Yeah. yeah, it's what I find interesting is it's the colorway. Yeah, I think the colorway changes it. Yeah. I, yeah. I love it. I like the Ineos colorway, and I like that kind of bigger frame. Next, we have. Uh, 100%, which I rode for a bunch of years. Great pair of glasses. Stay on your face the whole time. Don't have to worry about anything. But uh, the only the teams that ride it now are Little Trek, Total Energies, and Movistar, which I forgot uh, about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So are uh, teams sponsored by uh, sunglasses yeah, nowadays? Because they used yeah. to just be used to be individual. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I, I like, like I said, I yeah. went through each and every World Tour team, and each of them have a specific uh, I wear team. Sponsor. I wear a sponsor. Yeah. These are the 100%. These are the Little Trek colorway. I so they are kind the, of a. I, think no, I it's hate the it. Color. So Paul hates it. I hate the the where they take the nose piece down underneath the Do lens. Yeah, I don't like that. Okay, these are the speed crafts for those of you that want to know. I love it. Pat loves it. Sam, what do you I think? I love it. I also love it. These are I. These are some of my favorite world tour glasses. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the uh, sun god. Hey, you boys. Ba- oh, I already mentioned what sun gods were. <laughs> <laughs> Next we have. Second most team sponsored by this brand, Ikoi, which is oh, Ar- yeah, yeah, yeah. Arkea B&B, Lot- uh, Lotto Destiny, Israel K-O-I. Premier Tech, yes, and Kofidis. Aren't they Belgian? I don't know. If they are, I like it. <laughs> Paul already loves it. These are the Ikois. Hate it. Hate I like it. Hates it. I like Paul it. It reminds me of the Viper glasses that you see. That looks a little pit viper. Okay. I agree. I, I'm going to say hate. I hate. I hate it. Everything that Akoi puts out, I despise. Oh, You're just it. opposite yeah. on all of us with us here. Next, Rudy Project. The only oh, team. I, I loved my old school Bernardino Rudy Project. The projects. only team in the entire Pro Peloton that rides at this bar in Victorious. Hate. These are the red hate. versions. I nope, hate it. Hate it. Sorry. 
Yeah. Yeah, like a stormtrooper. Oh, I can't I go in it. between. Yeah, it's too square. I'm going to yeah. have to say I hate it. it. I yeah. hate it, too. It's 720, by the way. Do you need a... Yeah, I'll, yeah. one more because okay. this is fun. Uh, <laughs> next we have... They're going to start the game without me. Yeah. So, yeah. Next, next they have Ajay <laughs> Duzer, which I find very weird that they are only sponsored by Van Riesel everything. These are the Van Riesels. Oh. Nope. I have to stick no, to what I no. said last time. I hate it. Yeah, I hate, I hate it, it, it too. I don't yeah. like it when the it comes out below the yeah. top. Yeah. Like it, it looks huge. Yeah. They look gigantic. By the way, the Rudy projects were called the Kellyon, the Van Riesels. I didn't have a name for it because the whole website it's was French. Van Riesel. Well, <laughs> uh, Pac, only team in the Pro Peloton, EF. Yeah, first. These are hate. the... Uh, You're going to hate them. Hate it. Yeah, These hate are the aspires. God, I wanted. That's something to like I them. would do when I was building frames. I'd wear something like that, just like safety goggles. The, the temples are so thick. Yeah. The temples yeah, are so thick. They look like safety I, goggles. That actually, yeah. I think style-wise, I like the thick. I like the temple. Do you? Yeah. yeah, but not for cycling. Yeah, I love them. I think they're uh-huh. so cool. Um, next, we have uh, Julbo or Yublo uh, or Yulbo is FDJs. These are called the frequencies. I will give my opinion before. I think these are the ugliest glasses in the entire <laughs> rotation. No, I don't like them. No. I don't think they're the ugliest, but I do I not like them. I don't hate them. I like them. Yeah. I love. I'm going to say I love. How many more? We have uh, <laughs> four more. Oh, I got to go. Okay. Paul's got to go. Later, See Paul. Ya. Thanks, Good night, Paul. Yeah, Good night, Paul. Everybody Good say night to Paul. Go Zags. Go yeah. Zags. <laughs> All right. Next, we have, maybe while Paul's here for a couple of seconds, we yeah. have the Uvexes. These are oh. called the worst name in the entire lineup, the Sports Style 236 set. That's Intermarché. It is Intermarché. That is the uh, only brand that is sponsored by German. this. German. German. Vomit. No. Yeah, I don't like yeah. the neon. And that's Paul their deal. And that's Intermarché. It goes off that color. I'm going to have to say I hate it. Yeah. yeah. That bumps me out. because I agree See you, Paul. The, um, the this is a brand I don't quite know how to pronounce, but it is Scion Sport S C I C O N. You're right. The Aero Shade XL, Jayco Alula, and UAE are sponsored by this. I love. And Whoa. it might just be because I'm a Tade fan. That's a thick frame. It reminds me of uh, Oakley Jawbones, and yeah. I would. I mean, I think I have to make a decision. So I think. I mean, that's a little too I much for me. I have to say me. love, but I really wish that it had less on the bottom. It's a little too much for me. I'm gonna have to say I can't say yeah. I like, so I'm gonna have to say hate. Yeah, yeah. Tade rides one with like a like a winged frame, yeah. like a, a frameless yeah. on the bottom, but it's yep. it's got like a wing to it. You guys, we all have to agree that cycling sunglasses should never be worn off the bike. Hundred percent, never. Okay, yeah, because they just. I was looking no at these glasses. Those are really cool, but they would look absolutely horrific. Awful. Yeah. Awful. Even walking up to registration, I wouldn't put them on. Yeah. No. Yeah. Those are I already said before the Aeroshade XL. Next we have Scott. Uh DSM mm-hmm. is the only brand that is sponsored by Scott now. Wow. So these are called the uh what are they called? Torica. What do we think? Oh. Hate it. That looks like a safety goggle. I hate them too. I, hate them. I think Scott went the way of uh, 2011 cycling, 2010 cycling, and I just—it's not something that I like. Rounded, uh, yeah. And I don't. Yeah. Once again, coming out not on top of the bridge. Yeah. And so my, by far the giant of the entire sport is Oakley, not uh, which is sponsored by six, which sponsors six different teams: Sudal Quickstep, uh, Vismo Lisa Bike, Canyon Shram, Fenix Dequinic, Alpazin Dequinic, and Estana. Yeah. yeah, all of because those. of Mark Cavendish, right. Exactly. Now, for this, I have two different frame styles. <laughs> First one is the Sutro, which I feel like 
is a po- this I'd is a those. popular popular sunglass. I'd love those. I, I love. I yeah. I don't love, but I love more than I hate. Yeah, the price point with Oakley is what kills me. I know. The, well, yeah, and what's we're well, spending three hundred bucks on a pair of sunglasses. Mm-hmm. That's just, yeah. that's insanity. So I now I want you guys to embrace. I hate it. I already know. I want I you guys it. to embrace your inner fashionista. I don't care. Oh, it's your do job. Not care. <laughs> These are the Kados. Ah, oh, I hate it. I hate. I hate. Yep. It. The blades over the nose, nose. and the, the the frame doesn't connect all the way down. Like it turns into just lens. I just every I, time I would reach up to wipe my nose, I would make my lenses dirty, and I am OCD when it comes to dirty lenses. That would make think me, about how much sweat you'd have oh, in this region because it's so like bad. sealed to there. Yeah, you love them, don't you, Jackson? These are going to be my new sunglasses for oh, the twenty twenty four season. Oakley Kato's, oh. you will see me in them. I love them. I think they're so I cool. I guess I, I shouldn't pursue an eyewear sponsor. I think they saying. are a silhouette that we have not seen in cycling for a very long time, and that's why I like them a lot, because everybody looks they at you and they're out. like, what? Yeah, they stand out. Yeah, like, what yeah. the hell are you wearing? I got to know more about them. I think they're so cool. Okay. Yeah. So that was... I get it. I just it's not my style. Yeah, and I that's what like I think it. is so fun about cycling, is we mm-hmm. all have such different tastes. Some people would like those Scots that we all hated, yeah. and some people would despise and, the sutros that we all love and from Oakley. Certain, and certain faces fit certain frames so well. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. Uh, yeah, I might not be a fan of whatever Ayula Jacob was riding, but I'm going to mm-hmm. see Michael Matthews in him this summer, and I'm going to be like, okay, those look cool now. Yeah, yeah, I think an honorable mention for this entire segment does, does belong to 100%. I think that they have a, such a wide variety of frame shapes that can fit anybody's face shape, mm-hmm. all the way from Nairo Quintana to the biggest face in the world. Yeah. They fit well they ride well and they're really cool there's a brand you didn't include that i'm also gonna throw out there too is tufosi who makes a budget big friendly. variety big but budget friendly and a big variety and yeah, yeah. yeah I, 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 i've always I rocked See, in a long time yeah. there i was thinking about smith mm-hmm. last year ajay duzer rode smith they don't anymore and so i was like trying to i thought smith was going to be on the world tour this mm-hmm. year but yeah you picked world 13 yeah Glasses. okay yeah. That was a good segment, Jack. That was nice I appreciate job. that. I like yeah. that. I like that. All right. So. Uh, taking us out. I am going to take us out. I'm going to take us out. That one? No. I like this one. And to take us out, I have a final K, a final question. And you guys got to be quick about it. And, and you can't name names. Of all the people, teammates, and friends, quote unquote, who was, who was one that just never stood a chance? It's like, you're a teammate. You were a teammate with him. And it was just like. No man, this ain't just no. It never stood a chance. You don't need to name. Because like, I was always gonna beat them, or they were just bad teammates. Did you? Oh my brother! <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know if I should like legally answer this question because all of my teammates, well, are practically in this room or listening yeah, to what's sure. going on. So okay. Yeah. Maybe it was just me because I was thinking of some teammates over the years that I've had, and one of them in particular was always attacking, even though you know I was yeah. the chosen leader for that day. Or I have another one who I was who I was rode with at the Olympic Training Center, who's who's who went on to bigger and better things. Who he was always half wheeling you because yeah. it, just, it was a dick measuring contest every time we rode, and I just hate those kind of. People. I mean, I yeah, I had those teammates too on on the bigger squads. Yeah, but. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Please subscribe to the show, to our YouTube channel, and be sure to check out packfiller.com. It helps so much. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you. Thank you. We'll see you next week. I'm still alive. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so 